praise all round for New Zealand reaching a free trade deal with the United Kingdom. Trade Minister Damien O'Connor says our free trade deal with the UK is a gold standard agreement. The UK has agreed to eliminate tariffs on our exports with duties removed on 99.5% of current trade into the UK. Kiwi exporters are expected to save about $37 million a year on tariff elimination alone. And it's expected to boost our GDP by $700 million to $1 billion. Happy days. Laura Clark is the British High Commissioner to New Zealand. She joins me now. Very good morning to you, Laura. Kia ora, good morning. Nice to hear you. Great for us. What's in it for you? Uh, so look, this is a, is a really exciting moment to have the free trade agreement signed. Um, and there's a lot in it for us. It's going to boost bilateral trade to, we think, by £1.7 billion up to 2035 is our overall estimate. Lots of that to the, to the UK. Of course, there's exciting provisions in goods. So the UK will be um, saving on exports of things like gin and cars and machinery and clothing and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But but. of the UK's trade is services, and there's some really good provisions on services trade around business mobility, around a pathway towards mutual recognition of professional qualifications, making it easier, better provisions on investment. So it's going to be really good for our services industry as well. Britain's relationship with its farming community is complicated, isn't it? It loves the idea of a bucolic Britain and a, you know, gorgeous fluffy white sheep on beautiful Sussex you know, pasture land to the extent that they are prepared to subsidise their farmers to stay in business even if they're uneconomic. Will this deal... So, well, mm, so the UK is actually, since we've left the EU, we've actually got a pathway away from subsidies and mm. we've learnt a lot about from New Zealand's experience yeah. of, of moving away from subsidies. And so our subsidy regime is now about um, public money for public goods and very much focused on the green uh, transition. Um, and our, you know, and there's a lot of support for our farmers to become much more efficient so that you know, there isn't just that sense of subsidising for the sake of it. Um, and I think you, you know, there we have put safeguards into the um, into the into the trade liberalisation on certain sectors of the UK, really just to en- enable UK farmers to adjust yeah. um, over the next few years um, before we have full liberalisation. Crikey, which we did almost forty years ago. It was a tough period, but ultimately, I think the farmers would agree that they came through better off. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely, because you want you want farmers to be rewarded by innovation and by efficient farming and, of course, nowadays by high environmental standards. Mm. That's incredibly important. You don't want subsidies um, just for the sake of it. And so, you know, we are transitioning to, you know, a similar setup to New Zealand, very competitive farming sector who are also very expert. Savvy, and mm. I think that this agreement also paves the way for really good cooperation between our agricultural sectors. Right, there's a lot we can learn from each other. Mm. We can sell brilliant products, high quality products, into third countries. You know, making the most of counter seasonality, um, and there's a lot that we can do sharing expertise and ideas on things like agritech and on um, sustainable mm. food, making sure that what we're doing, we're producing food, we're not we're not um, damaging the environment. Trade is never just about trade. I was referencing earlier to when Britain first decided to join the European Economic Community and the EU and indicated to New Zealand in the early 60s that, sorry guys, but you're going to have to look elsewhere to sell your goods. 
and New Zealand trade negotiators relied on the relationship that New Zealand had with Britain during the Second World War. So trade is never just about dollars and cents. It's about relationships. What does this do with our relationship with Britain? Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's never just about trade. It's also about the strength of the relationship, your aspiration in terms of uh, geopolitics, if you like. And so so I think, you know, what this this is only the second free trade agreement that the UK has agreed from scratch. You know, it comes Mm. shortly after the one we did with Australia. And the reason Australia and New Zealand were up there was about that strength of the bilateral relationship, the shared values, the shared view of the world. Um, And for us also with New Zealand, it was about how do we do a really high quality gold standard free trade agreement with a country that shares our values. That's why we've got provisions in there on environmental trade. It's why we've got provisions on women and trade and animal welfare. And we've got, you know, a groundbreaking Maori economic development and trade chapter. So it's about the values. It's about the shared view of the world. And I hope that this free trade agreement then paves the way for, you know, increased cooperation on global trade issues. Um, It's a pathway towards our accession to comprehensive and progressive trans-Pacific partnership. Mm. And I think it just strengthens our cooperation at a time when the world is getting really dangerous. and, And that sort of cooperation on global issues is incredibly important. Speaking of which, of course, Ukraine, it was a very strong response from Britain, who has, you know, had a, a lot of oligarchs have made their homes in Britain and have been very grateful and thrown the, the rubles around liberally while they've been living in Britain. So it was a really strong stand that Britain took. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and strong and alongside all our like-minded mm. partners, you know, there is incredibly strong international condemnation of Russia's aggression and its violation of Ukraine's sovereignty. Um, and we've taken really swift and, you know, and fast action with really far-reaching economic sanctions because, you know, it's economic sanctions that are going to change the calculations, right? They affect mm. the economy, they affect everyone close to Putin, um, and they they have got the best chance of changing Putin's calculations. We've excluded um, Russia from SWIFT, the international banking system. We're also providing military support uh, to Ukraine, not, not in terms of boots on the ground, but equipment and training and, of course, humanitarian support. It is a really dangerous time. You, know, mm. you can't emphasize it enough, not just in terms of European security, but in terms of global security, because the moment you violate international law, the moment you just walk it, you know, march into another country, everyone around the world is less safe because it means that that principle of the of international law, the rules-based international system and territorial integrity is at, is at risk. Yep, absolutely. And of course, the Russian, uh, the Russians have got the nuclear armaments in their back pocket, which you don't want to think about, but you have to consider um, that a cornered rat is the most dangerous rat of all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And but I think what what's really important now is is that you know we, I thought that we, Putin's language was unnecessarily escalatory, mm. and it's yep. really important that we don't let allow even the rhetoric to escalate. And it was only very recently that Russia joined a P five statement reasserting that a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be 
fought. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we really need to make sure that this doesn't escalate. Uh, there, is, there are no winners from war and there are absolutely no winners from any sort of nuclear uh, mm -hmm. confrontation. But, but it's really difficult because Putin has essentially fabricated a narrative of NATO aggression. Mm -hmm. And NATO is by design a defensive organization. It is about collective defense. It has never been about aggression in any way. But it's another aspect of this war, right, which is also yeah. an information war. You have to be tough with Putin because that's the language he understands. But then if you're too tough, what is he left with? To lose face or to fire off a few nuclear warheads? Well, I mean, you have to hope that there are those around him and that he also his calculations are such that when you see the economic pressure that's coming from all parts of the world, when you see the economy suffering, when you see the very brave people in mm. Russia who are protesting, mm. who are saying, not, not, this is not in our name, we don't want war. When you see all of that, you have to hope that when he starts feeling that pressure on every front, internationally, domestically, he changes um, he changes his calculation. Lovely to talk and thank you for your time. Laura Clark, British High Commissioner to New Zealand, talking the free trade deal and Ukraine.